enemy lines, Tom. Welcome to the aftermath. Welcome to the aftermath. The aftermath. A second growth. The period immediately following an unusual event. The aftermath on the planet. Welcome back, everyone, to Behind Enemy Lines, The Aftermath. This one's ugly, but we'll get through it. Hey, uh, all right, just want to let you know again that this is brought to you by FL Teams, flteams.com for all your Florida sports needs. Anything that you want to know about Florida sports, we got you covered. Um, hockey, baseball, football, pro, college, anything that you want, articles, podcasts, um, you know, photography, Everything, any and everything, check it out. Um, absolutely your one-stop shop for all things Florida sports. And uh, we also have a very great partner we work with, Symbol. Symbol is a stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stock and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbol's blended sports in the stock market to offer you a new way to invest and profit from your favorite team. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the already 6,000-plus early adopters who have started to profit off of their sports knowledge. You can visit www.symbol.com. That's www.simbull.com. Or visit the link in the description um, to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code FLTEAMS. That will get you a $10 bonus to help start building your portfolio. So welcome back, everybody. Once again, Jay Frog joining you. Um, and of course, we got our, our great Titan fan, EJ, coming back with us to discuss Sunday's game. For me, I'm dejected. I'm broken. I think you all saw me with a lot of energy and hype going into the game. I ain't got much to say, so I'm reaching out to my tag team partner, Mr. Dale Lowe, who also does a, a ton of stuff for us over at FL Teams covering the Miami Hurricanes, quite possibly the best football team in Miami. <laughs> as well as the Panthers um, and, and the Dolphins best team world. in Florida right now, the, the Florida Panthers. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Hey, so I, I figure we come into this uh, and we'll do a little roundtable style. So, uh, you know, you know, winners uh, held to the champions, I guess. EJ, tell me your thoughts coming out of the game, man. Um, obviously, 34 points. It, the, the score looks more inflated than the stat sheet does. Um in, in my opinion, everyone did if, – if you're going through a checklist per position, quarterback, running back, uh, defense, everyone did their job. I don't think anyone really did more than what they were supposed to do, but everyone did their job uh, to the – I mean, to the, to, the, to the sum of 34 points. Um, when, you, when you look at Tannehill's production, the dude was only 13 of 18, 120 yards and two touchdowns. He essentially – Alex Smithed us through the ball game and, and, and Deontay Foreman was able to put 26 rushes on the ground for just him, 26 rushes, 132 yards and a touchdown. Uh, uh, Dontrell Hilliard at the end, when he got that late game scamper for a touchdown, he put up, uh, I think it was eight carries for 45 yards ish. Everyone did exactly. Then just, just from an offensive perspective, everyone did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, AJ Brown was nothing special. Five targets, two receptions for 41 yards, so, like I said, the, the score is definitely inflated as to the production offensively. 
everyone did their job on, on Sunday. Everyone did their job, locked up the division. Hopefully we grabbed that number one seed, um, but everyone did exactly what they were supposed to do. 100. And Dell from the Dolphins side, man, how are you coming out feeling? <sighs> I'm like you, Jeremiah. I am very frustrated. Um, I went into this game expecting a dub, if I'm being honest. I thought we had a shot to beat them. I thought with no Derrick Henry and no Julio Jones, I'm like, hey, look, it's the Tennessee Titans. Who the heck on that team is better than us? And it showed. Our, our young offense showed. Our young team showed. Our bad coaching showed. And overall, it was just – it was like one thing after the other, and it just fell apart for us. And honestly, there's a lot of questions that need to be discussed about the fans, which I, which I will myself and Jeremiah will try to answer later. But go on, man. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, exposed. You know what I'm saying? Just felt exposed. And, and I hate that it made every talking head right. You know, it sucks. I don't know why I expect anything different from the Dolphins. <laughs> it's like every year. I've literally yeah. been the most cautious guy. I'm the guy that's like on TikTok throwing out when we're up 20 to 3 against the Saints. Like, I'm not comfortable. I'm not sure. And no, 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 no. Game, I, I got felt, a little I bit cocky. That last Monday night. I honestly did. Yeah. And, and, and then, then coming into this Titan game, I got a little cocky. And yeah, and, and look what happens. Um, hey, EJ, you kind of hit something right on the head, man. I felt like game plan wise, um, that Vrabel just kind of ate our lunch, man. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, if you, I mean, from a from an offensive perspective, the game plan went exactly what the Titans' mo is coming into every week. Uh, uh, um, uh, Deontay Foreman had twenty six rushes. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard had eight rushes, and I think Jeremy McNichols put together another five, six, seven rushes. <clears throat> That's, that's almost 40 rushes. That's almost 40 plays just running the ball right there. So they built themselves a sizable lead, and they said, we're going to play Titans football. We're going to light up an eye for him. And then we'll, we'll occasionally let uh, Tannehill do his dink and dunk, which what he did, 13 of 18 for only 120 yards, had the two uh, touchdowns in the end zone, I think one to, one to Swain and, and, and uh, maybe one to Ferkshire. I think it was both tight ends that score. Ferkshire, uh, yes. Yeah, so okay, – um, yeah, so exactly what they needed to do. Defense uh, up front is where we won the game. We had 13 oh. hurries on, on Tagovailoa, uh, on Tua. Um, Danico Altry, who I think I hit on during the pregame talk that we had, um, was, one, in my opinion, one of the biggest steal signings of, of this free agency. He ended up with a sack, and I think he ended up with two or three knockdowns along with like six pressures, six of the 13 pressures he was involved in and then Harold Landry was another guy that we talked about as well he was able to get in on a sack the one that's going to be commanding some big money next offseason so everyone from a total perspective top to bottom I I I wanted to contain Waddle and if you're looking at drop passes that was obviously an issue the weather I don't know how these guys don't I don't know how mentally you can't prepare yourself to be an inclement weather you're in Miami a regardless yeah. if you played in Tuscaloosa or not <clears throat> you've still spent a full season in Miami. So let's not say we've never played with rain touching a football before, right? No. Um, I mean, Miami is a we, very rainy place. Right, right. To do what we did with uh, not only containing Waddle, but I would, I would almost go as far as say to shutting him down. He did not have a quarter of the production, even a small percentage of the production that he had against New Orleans just a week ago where he tore him up. He lit him up. Mm -hmm. Well, I thought it was funny is 
early in the game, <clears throat> they did a little bit about what I thought they would. And, and we had discussed it on the pregame or, you know, the pre-show on this. They, it was almost like Waddle was their, their uh, deception, right? They were moving him around, but they were finding Parker, right? Yeah. They started finding Parker. Yeah. They started finding Gasecki. So it was almost like they wanted you to key on Tua, and the game plan was to go to these guys and get them going or, or to key on Waddle and then go to these guys and, and get you back off Waddle. But it just, you know, it didn't pan and, out that and, way. And to be honest with you, that you know, they got they got Devontae Parker hit early. I think he hit like a 18-yard pass play. Like mm-hmm. it was one of the first two or three games. But Duke Johnson was running the ball good your first drive or two. Mm-hmm. I'm talking good. He was eating up 7-10. I think he had an 18-yard run at one point. He was eating up some ground yard good. And at that point, uh, I said, I, I, this is going to be a ball game. Then things kind of got turning to where, you know, they, they obviously didn't go in, in Miami's favor and in Tua's favor. So we were able to kind of take over from that point. So we're talking game plan. You know, we hear it from Titans side on E from EJ. Dell, what did you think about the way the Dolphins planned this thing out and executed it? They, whatever plan they executed, they did not execute it well. And this is where I'm going to say one thing. We need to get another receiver because I'm going to be honest. Parker is not – he's serviceable, but he's not good. And we need – and everything's on Waddle, and it showed on Sunday. I honestly think they were just going to carry Waddle the ball, and they thought it would work, and it's like, you can't do that in the league. You have to have other receivers. It's like it's like OBJ being the only guy on the Giants eventually just didn't work out, and he got a trade. And another thing, I love Duke Johnson. I'm a huge Canes fan, so – I grew up watching Duke as a kid, and he's like, he, listen, I love Duke, but you have to get another running back. Even though running backs are not your main key, they're very helpful for quarterback for a young quarterback like Tua, who's still growing. And another thing is the offensive line. Tua got sacked four times. You, you rarely win a game when you get sacked four times, and it's showing. The, the offensive line is showing that it's awful this year, and it, and it needs help. To his injuries are because of the offensive line, and and I feel like Chris Greer and Brian Flores getting rid of all the offensive linemen has not helped, and I feel like they are in they are in the position. We and, and I'm gonna be honest, we should not have been in a position where this was a win or you're eliminated game for us. I'm gonna be honest. This Jags game, the Falcons game, and the Raiders game all should have been dubs. And the Colts game, that too. I mean, awful team. I, blew it too. I, I think that's the only thing that kept me sane in this is, you know, from one and seven, we weren't, we didn't deserve to be a playoff. No. Right. Um, the run kind of got us together a little bit and that's nice. But uh, yeah, we lost on both lines. I'll tell you what impressed me about Tennessee is offensively, Kind of how we exposed the Ravens with our defense on that Thursday night. And now everybody understands how you can expose Lamar. They exposed our defense. They exposed the zero cover, right? Because they were hitting you hard in the mouth. And on that zero cover, if you get through that first line and make one move, there's nobody there, right? And and the the little screen dump-offs, like everything was perfectly set that when we were bringing zero pressure – they just dumped it over, and all you had to do was make one man miss. And unfortunately, we did a lot of missing. I mean, shit, we made Foreman look like like Derrick Henry. Yeah. Well, and to piggyback to piggyback off of that, 
essentially using Miami's what was their strength at zero blitz against them. Tannehill only threw 8.2 yards down the field on average. Everything yeah. was was a quick hit, uh, a slant, a drag, and then something where a receiver was able to make enough of a play to, to extend the sticks a little bit. There wasn't anything flashy in, in Tennessee's offense at all. It was just once once they came, it was it was A.J. Brown or maybe Dontrell Hilliard out of the slot or Chester, or, uh, Chester Rogers making a quick move off the line, and then the ball was in their chest. That, that's really all Tannehill had to do. It exposed it. It exposed Like I said, Brable and the guys did a great job of game planning. You said it from the beginning. You really couldn't have executed it any better, man. Um, they, they used what should have been a strength against us, and they did it beautifully. I mean, a couple of those little, little screens, just to dump over screens, and we were, you know, when you're on an island out there, and your receivers did a hell of a job blocking. I mean, when those things happened on the runs and on the little screens, A.J. and, and uh, your, your guys did a nice job of putting the corners out of play. Um, and to, 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 to kind of extend on, on what you said, Dale, Duke Johnson, I think in the first drive, he had three carries. He ended up with seven carries total for the game. He yeah. had seven carries for 49 yards. That's seven yards an average right there. I, don't, I, I, I never understood it. And I said to myself during the game, if they keep this tempo up running the ball, it's going to be a long day for a Tennessee defense if we can't stop the run. Because all that's going to do is open up what Tua likes to do, and that's play action. It's yeah. going to open up Waddle on a on a on a a, a slant across the field. It's going to open up Gesicki over the middle, but for some reason Flores and crew went away from that, that the, the, yeah, after that, the first possession. Bad, that's, that's exactly what I'm going to say. That's bad. That's a bad. That's bad coaching. And you can't look at it as oh we were down. You got it was ten to three at halftime. I believe. No, it was seventeen. Uh, seventeen to three at halftime. So when which, you have two full quarters of football. Cool. Yeah, when you have two full quarters of football to play, Tennessee's done it in the past yeah. plenty. You can still come yeah. out second half and establish a run. Sure. Well, look, I, I talked to you, I think, again, um, one of my biggest takeaways from that seven-game streak that we ran was we were running the ball. We were mm -hmm. running the ball 30-plus times a game. We yeah. didn't do that. We didn't do that on Sunday. And, and about being in the game, yeah. I mean, look, I'm never going to be the guy. It is what it is. You play with what's there. But that fourth and 11 uh, in the fourth quarter where I will say Devontae Parker was held. I mean, he was pulled back. It's at least defensive holding, but it doesn't get called. If, you know, if that converts and we score right there, it's yeah. a one-score game. It's yeah, a one-score so game with like seven minutes left. Well, also, right? Jeremiah, how we talked about that fumble that Tennessee recovered as well that was in the big scrum in the big pile. That mm -hmm. if that goes Miami's way as well, which you can't I, I understand mm -hmm. Flores why he didn't throw that flag because there wasn't going to be anything inconclusive about that to say yes, Miami had the football. I don't know how they came to the decision that they came to uh during the, the recovery, but that was also another big factor as to when that momentum started to shift. It's Tennessee, they're at home, they've already got a little juice behind them. They're they're looking for that division. And then you give them these three or four instances like like the fumble, like the holding to kind of go in their favor, it's, it, it's a, it can be a, a definite momentum killer for a Miami team. That's young too. That's a young football team. Yeah. I, I was just sorely disappointed uh, with how we looked in the rain. I mean, you know, yeah. to uh, pushing the ball instead of throwing it, slipping out of his hands, can't get the snap. Yeah. No, um, that was awful. Another, another thing that kind of pissed me off about the refs on Sunday was, you know, when they said, hey, 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 pass interference, you know, when they said that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny, but I feel like they were trying to 
get the Titans on their side the entire game, which I know refs don't help, but the way we play was just awful. Like y'all, I think like, that's un- I think that's unfortunate because similar to I know you guys remember the Chicago game earlier this year where the ref Tony Carinti, I believe it was, bumped the uh, Cassius Marsh, the Chicago player, when they played Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I think stuff like that is extremely unfortunate. Though I don't, I I think the game against Miami, uh, the Titans against Miami, I think his was his was a little bit more on just like the unprofessional side, the hey, let's not do that. Whereas the other side kind of cost Chicago the game in a sense. But mm-hmm. if if refs aren't held accountable to a degree, whether yeah. it's a fine, whether it's a suspension, whether it's a, a, a like a, a large verbal warning from the commissioner, stuff like this, in my opinion, is going to continue to happen and, oh, until no, you it's set just going to kill the league. Until like you set some level football. of accountability, yeah. Until you set sure. some level of accountability on these on these officials, um, then stuff like that, the little the little whatever that was, the hey 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 thing is going to continue to happen. Yeah, and you know, I go back to, you know, I try my best in all things. You know, I played sports a long time in in the college with baseball, whatever. Like, you can't let the game get to the officials' hands, right? You got to handle your business. No. Right. So so if there's a a blown call here or there, that shouldn't make or break your game because there's other options you had to to do this, you know? Um, So I I try to stay away from it, but that that one hurt on fourth and 11. And then that's that's when I feel like the wheels came off because right after that, we turned the ball over on it. And then Devontae gets in the ref's face and gets a 15 yarder behind it and Mm -hmm. sets you up because I felt like all day we, we could not, win the field position battle and with two tough tight teams we couldn't do it we were constantly starting inside the 10 you were starting at the 30 we couldn't flip the field it was you know it just you were digging a hole the whole game um so let's let's go like ej you mentioned man you guys uh wrapped up the division right so you wrapped up they wrapped it up after the Colts loss but yeah possibly getting the number one seed in the AFC, um, with a rested and healthy Derrick Henry waiting to come back. <laughs> so man. tell me how you feel about your Titans right now, man. I mean, you've got a longer road to look at than Dell and I do. <laughs> I, I tell you what, the 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 level of success, in my opinion, for the postseason depends on that that number one overall seed. It's an extra week of rest. You get Henry healthy. You can maybe get Julio healthy. You can get some of that offensive line healthy, especially that left side with 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 Saffold and Lawan. You know they've had some trouble uh, throughout the past few weeks with COVID and some little minor injuries. But like you said, our bell cow. He had n- almost 900 yards through the first eight games of the season in in Derrick Henry. So to get him back, we've we've been able to implement our game plan without him, and we've had some success. We had some lopsided losses. That were unfortunate. We had one to Houston, which shouldn't have happened. Um, but man, to get him healthy, and then at the end of the day, to know that to get to the Super Bowl, you have to come through Nashville. Uh, you can't ask for much more than that. We just have to. We just have to put the wheels in motion at that point. I think they showed a stat that Derrick Henry is still like sixth in the league right now in rushing. Yeah, and he yeah. hasn't played how many weeks? Uh, no, no, six I mean, or seven. If Derrick Henry would have played the full season. He's MVP easy. Easy. You know, I mean, and when I look at the Titans, I see this from yesterday. And I can say this with, with pride in it. Um, they're put together like a team who can make a deep, deep run and possibly make a run to, to lift the Lombardi. Um, you've got a guy that fits the mold of Trent Dilfer, maybe a little better. Okay, I ain't going to downplay RT17. I love the kid. 
I hope he, if he, I, I'd love to see him lift the Lombardi, but he's a great game manager like he was yesterday. He's not making the mistakes he made in Miami. Um, he, he protects the ball. He does what he needs to do. And you've got a great running game. Uh, the defensive line came through. The secondary played well. I mean, you're built like a team to make a run. So it'll be interesting I to think, see, man. I, I think a lot of our playoff success, along with, with having that home field advantage, is gonna is gonna heavily depict on the fact if Ryan Tannehill has to play a larger role than than like what he did yesterday, if if he can if he can Alex Smith our team through the 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 or Matt Hasselback our team through the playoffs and 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 scramble six yards for a first down when we need it or or hit AJ Brown on a on a short slant across the middle, if all we can ask of him are those things. I could, I could, de- without being a homer, obviously, I could definitely see us uh, lifting that Lombardi trophy at the end of the year. Absolutely. Now, Dell, we're on the other side of this thing, man. What a, what a roller coaster. One yeah, and seven, man. strike off seven in a row. Now we're, you know, we're eight and eight, but I don't know and, if there's and a we fan went from, base at eight and eight that feels worse than we do. Yeah, no, it's an eight and eight that feels worse because you basically go from the seven seed to, to getting eliminated. I mean, the season's not even over. You know, I feel like that happens with Miami so much. I feel like yeah. at the end of the season, it's, it's, it's just like this tease, dude. It's a constant, almost good enough. Oh, nope. Um, well, this is this is this is with the Bills. In in my opinion, this is probably one of the most emotionally roller coaster driven eight and eights that I've seen. You lose your first, you lose seven in a row, then you win seven in a row, all to lose one more and to get knocked out. I mean, if that's not an emotional roller coaster for Miami sports fan, I don't really know what is. Yeah. It's exhausting. That's why I'm, like, I'm yes. wiped. I'm yeah, wiped, that too, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I'm seriously just wiped out. It's like, you know, you ride this. And like I said, I feel like such a fool. It, it's so like, I've been through this, man. I've been a Dolphins fan for 30 plus years and it happens a lot. And so, I, like I said, during that, that New Orleans game, I'm like, I ain't believing. I'm not believing. Yeah. We're just going one week at a time. And as soon as I'm like, here we come, and then the fucking balloon pops. And you're like, uh, why? I bought it again. <laughs> I let myself care enough to get hurt again. Well, you, you gave um, yourself you, – you essentially gave yourself seven games to buy in through that seven-game win streak, right? Yeah. Because I'm, yeah. I'm sure the first three or four, it was like, hey, this – this bubble's about to burst. We're about to go on another two-game skid, three-game skid, yeah, and then you yeah. get to, and then you get to games and then you get to game six and seven. You have that 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 win of New Orleans on Thursday on what was it Monday night? Monday. And night. then it's like okay, yeah. And then it's like okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna start to conduct this train. It's really moving. Mm-hmm. And then you get a thirty-four to three loss in in, in Nashville uh, yesterday. Take over the train and jump the track, bro. So. So, Dell, for real, man, you touched on a couple of little things, but I'm interested, man. Where do you, where do we go? What, where do we go? You know? Oh, man. It's a very, I don't want to talk about it because I'm torn. I am torn on the quarterback situation. I really am torn. Do you keep Tua or do you go for one of the big boys? Or Because I don't think you draft a quarterback because it would be, it's just going to be the same thing. No. The one quarterback you, I would have wanted got injured do you, in the Sugar Bowl. Do you, do you go back to the main menu and hit rewind and draft Justin Herbert? Oh, yes. would you love that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I think I told you before, like, what hurts so much in that is, you know, we could have had Herbert in the year before. We could have drafted Jonathan Taylor, but we took Noah Igbenogany. 
So we could have Justin Taylor and Justin Herbert. Hey, I'll tell you, in my offseason of being a Titans fan, I'm, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I've loved the Bears ever since I was little. Got no yeah. ties to them whatsoever, just love the Bears. And yeah. how do you think I feel when we traded up to get Mitch Trubisky in a draft that presented Deshaun Watson? Granted, you, we never knew the legal troubles he was going to have. That was Deshaun awful. Watson and, and, oh. and Pat Mahomes was in that draft. How do you yeah. think? How do you think Bears fans out there feel to pass up on two, where you they can look at a couple this. different? Yeah. And, oh man. In EJ, in EJ, I'm a Canes fan. I actually saw Trubisky play at Hard Rock when I was younger. I went to that game, and he's like, "This quarterback is not good." Brad Kaya just played terrible. And, and, he had. You know which game I'm talking about, right? In, in my, in, in my, yeah, in my opinion, Trubisky, on on in his eight, ten game resume, however many games he actually started at North Carolina. There was there was nothing that warranted, not, not not let alone picking in that high, but trading him up to pick that oh, high. Look, nothing warranted that. Do you think Trubisky and Daniel Jones have finally taught the NFL that like if you're going to draft an ACC quarterback, it should be from Clemson or Miami or you don't want to go to Carolina and Duke. Like that's not where no. you want to get your franchise quarterback from the ACC. Right? I mean, uh, it, and, and, you know what another <laughs> team's going to do? I, I'm calling this right now. One of these low-level teams is going to get Sam Howell, and they're going to yep. get a bust. And it's Sam Howell is awful. Tyler Van Dyke is I, better. I'll tell you what. Sam, Sam Howell's a good athlete. If I want someone on a college football field, Sam Howell's someone that can take advantage of freshman DBs and, 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 and you know, lackadaisical defensive play calling in, in the ACC – that kid is not going to stand up in the NFL long-term. No. So I'm going to throw out where I finally came to the conclusion of, of if I think the Dolphins can be fixed next year, how it's going to be. One, through the middle of this, especially the seven-game losing skid, everybody, fire Greer, fire Flores, shut up. Let that go. Greer has drafted a great amount of talent. And did he miss? Sure. But we took a ton of shots. And the NFL draft is a crapshoot. Trubisky, Daniel, you know? So he's hit on a whole lot more over this period than he's missed. When you talk about Christian Wilkins, when you talk about Raquan Davis, when you talk about Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle, Jalen I was about to say, too, those are – those are those are premier positions as well. The safety, yeah. a skill player like Jalen. I know quarterback is is your is your number one, your go to. But you also Javon Holland's a signal caller on the other end of the field too. When you have him, you have Roquan Davis and 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 uh, and Christian Wilkins as plugs in the middle. Those are big hits. Yeah, and and they so he's done well. So Greer's safe. That's cool. And Flores, look, I mean, had had they won this game. Flores would have been in discussion for coach of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So I, I don't think Flores that you toss him out, but here's no. the thing. I think it's, it's fully time for Miami to, to flip the switch. We've been trying to build through the draft. That's got to be done. We got a ton of cap space. When we need linemen, we need to go sign linemen. We need, we need, a, veterans. We have, we need veterans and we need a veteran wide out and we need running back. Like when we've got the money to spend now that we've brought in enough young talent on the draft, it's time to look the other way. If you ask me, you got to start getting known commodities and bringing them in, um, especially on the offensive line. We've invested way too much, too many picks on this young line. Um, so maybe some of them will come together, you know, maybe. Um, Robert Hunt put together a decent season. I still have hope that Eichenberg can be a decent tackle in this league. Yeah. Um, 
But what they but, need is uh, veteran presence. They need veteran yeah. presences. Hey, hey, I'll tell you too. Tennessee's Tennessee's had a very large cap space the past six, seven, eight years, and until this this past year, really, um, when we went and signed uh, Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, um, uh, we went and traded. You know, I know it was a it was a, a friendly trade with Art Smith over in Atlanta for Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the Titans. You can't go down our depth chart and, and say, oh man, these are, these are big signings that they're doing splash after splash after splash. Let's try rebuilding from somewhere else. Tennessee has done similar things with, with working through the draft as well with Derrick Henry was a, a second round pick. Um, Amani Hooker was a second or third round pick, the safety out of Iowa. Um, and then same thing, their offensive line, Taylor Lewan, a lot of guys that they've, they've really built Harold Landry, um, uh, Simmons, uh, Jonathan Simmons. Uh, they built a lot through that draft. So, um, when you look at Tennessee's roster as well, until this year, we haven't really made any big splashes in, in free agency anyway. Yeah. Well, and, and Miami luckily has moved away from the splash, right? Because we had that before, because I think, um, you know, um, the owner loves it. You know, we went out and got in Dominican Sue. We got Brandon Marshall, right? Who I is mean, the, we, we uh, the Mike Wallace? Mike Wallace. I mean, we made those splash every time and they really didn't do anything at all. So what I do think about Flores and I do think about Greer is in free agency, they can operate with the same mindset, put pieces together. Um, I'm like you though, Dell, when you talked about torn, like as soon as I got on the tour train, you know, I mean, like I just, this, this one outing brought up every question of every flaw yeah. that Tua has. Um, he had the one nice pass to Waddle um, when he hit him deep, one of their only connections. Um, but other than that, I mean, he I have I have the same feelings. I have the same feelings as Tua as I do of Jimmy Garoppolo. Unless you build a solid defense around them, I'm talking top five overall type defense that can score special teams. They can they can kind of score the ball every once in a while. And then you have those skill position players like, you know, Debo Samuel, J Jalen Waddle. They're, I don't think they're, they're much past serviceable in the NFL. I think that's, that's the kind of plan you have to have around them is, is a stellar, stellar defense. The one, that, the one that can hold opponents to three points in a football game. You know, yeah. uh, I think that's, that's kind of where I lie with, with, with the assessment on, on Tua. Yeah. Well, you know, the other telling sign, the offensive coordinators, I'm still not sold on this two offensive coordinators. No, I never was either. <clears throat> um, I never was. But never was. Dale, I think, Dale, I think we've talked about that a couple times uh, uh, through Instagram. Yeah. Also with the Kings. But, but at, time, at times, <laughs> it looks like they came together and what they did, and I, I think this is very telling about all things to it. The offensive coordinators have created an offense that works within Tua, right? That everything were these small slants, the RPOs. Mm -hmm. And then if you notice, and I didn't really pick up on it until the Saints, when we get a big hit of a player, get able be able to get a drive going, you can pretty much bet your money that we're going to run some sort of trick play, right? We did it against New Orleans when we hit a big one. Right after we hit the Waddle one, we tried the reverse flea flick here. Two guys throw there. Gasicki throwing a pass into triple coverage. It's telling that that's yeah, exactly. your offensive coordinators go to like these guys know more than us and sometimes that's hard to, to like wrap your head around especially when you're covered by instagram and 
and Twitter and everywhere else where everybody is, you know, a GM who's in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. They know more than <laughs> no, they, yeah. they they know more than we do. And when that's when you need a score and you start going to trickery, I think it says a lot about what kind of faith they have. Yeah. Um, oh, and he's yeah, out of I, OCs. Huh? While we're out of about OCs. No, uh, get him off the screen. Get Danny Eno's mm-hmm. off the screen. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, man, I, I, I tell you, you know, I think the Titans came out of this with a real big positive, which is uh, even when Henry comes back, Deontay Foreman has, he's carved out a role. I mean, I think he's a guy that you're not going to have to land on the bull the whole time, that you can get Foreman uh, some touches in there. I mean, he, he, that, that weather, that game was just built yeah. for him, dude. One yeah. cut and go. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that type of weather is like your old style. You run it up 50 times, like Georgia Tech's option. Been a long the time thing- since the Dolphins D been blown up like that, too. Your offensive line deserves a lot of credit. This has been a yeah, long time. The, he, the dude, he only thing for four yards. I mean, you couldn't. Stop the only thing I'm worried about when when Foreman comes back is well, obviously Henry. aside from yeah, well aside from skill. I mean, yeah, Henry comes back. Well, I'm I'm afraid of Foreman for when Henry comes back is besides the size. Besides, they have similar skill sets. They are the same type of runner. They're downhill runners. Yeah. Henry's gotten involved in the pass game a little bit more, and it's opened things up for for AJ and Julio. Um, but from a from a from an attribute standpoint henry and foreman are nearly identical the same type of running back that's the only thing i worry about foreman is that if you put him in the backfield and, and he goes to spell henry for a rest the defense can still key on an idea that the run is coming probably between the tackles yeah. which is which is why i, I i'm a i'm a big i'm a big Dontrell hilliard fan i wish he would get his stuff together i think he's had a lot of problems with confidence because he hasn't had um, those reps to, to, to get into a rhythm because they have a three running back rotation right now. Um, I, I like Hillier because he gives us a little bit of that thunder and lightning hit because you can run a screen off them. You can put them in the slot. Um, you could do it a myriad of more things with Hillier than you can with, with Foreman. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about Foreman when Henry comes back because top to bottom, aside from size uh, and, and maybe some speed, they are the same type of running back. Well, hey, if if you had troubles with confidence, the medicine you needed was the Dolphins on Sunday. So I mean, Hilliard busted out <laughs> a big one, dude. Um, yeah. At the end there, so I turned it off at that point. I went to red zone. I'm like, I want to watch. No, yo, yeah. that's what <laughs> yeah. we did. No, I went to. Um, I caught. I, I caught Hilliard's run on red zone. <laughs> yeah, perfect, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm like super. Another touchdown. So, <clears throat> so Dell. Overall, man, what do you think moving forward? I, I mean, you think we got a shot giving the Patriots a little bit of gruff on Sunday? You think this thing's done? What do you got? I think I think we're done. I don't think we're going to wake up for anything. I think, honestly, I kind of want to lose so that we can just go on to draft, get whoever. Hey, quick uh, question for you guys. If, if you guys – to give to give the Dolphins or to give us a little bit of Dolphin motivation – if they do win, is there any variables that are there any is there any disru- disturbances that they cause in the AFC playoff picture if they if they win? We can take the Patriots out of it. No, out of yeah, the division, Patriots right? Clenched. Patriots clinched. Yeah, the division, but they clinched. But I mean, off. is there is there other AFC teams oh, that need 
is there other AFC teams that need Miami to win in order to get a spot in the playoffs? Not that I'm aware of. So wait, no. New England clinched too? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, then that really sucks. Yeah, no, we're not going to be built up for anything. I mean, maybe Florida. We already beat them once, yeah. I mean, who at this point, if you're already clinched as New England, Belichick most likely isn't even running the starters out there. Maybe for a half, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say. maybe for a half, and then you just take take that off, right? I mean, yeah, there's not not really not really a point, especially with uh, Damian Harris is still trying to get healthy. Uh, you know, their their little running back tandem hasn't been the healthiest this this whole year, so I wouldn't see them playing much past. I wouldn't see them playing much past halftime. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to get through it. I, I often wonder too, is like, you know, what's Flores what's his eyes going to be on? You know, are we going to roll the starters out there? Um, are you going to, you know, flash some guys who haven't had much playing time just to see it? Is it going to be like a glorified preseason game in week 18? Um, Almost like an audition for some not. of the guys who don't get much field time. Yeah. I mean, you know, this team played on emotion. They really did. I watched every press conference after all those wins through seven, and they were all joking with each other and laughing. They played off each other's speed, you know? And I, and I think that, that the Titans just gashed that. I mean, when we fell out of the hopes of the playoffs, that goal falls away from you. What do you really have to play for? You know, you exactly. can give the whole pride angle and all that other nonsense. My dad, th- my dad thinks you're going to beat the Patriots because this is what we've done every year if we were eliminated and they've clinched. But I don't think well, that's the case. When you're, when you're playing a, uh, a young Miami team like that, I think they're younger offensively than they are defensively. That, yeah. But – there, there, there hasn't been a lot of in, – in the year that Jalen Waddle's been here, there hasn't been a lot of uh, too much NFL adversity that they've had to face so far. You know, I know they went on the seven-game losing streak, seven-game skid, but from, a, from a, a, just a game perspective, you know, when they got down big, got down early, and it was like, well, our playoff hopes are gone. I mean, what was the driving factor in for them to come out second half and try to put points on the board? You know, dude, I, I said it. I was just like – I know Isaac was seeing some of it on, like, TikTok. Yeah. The minute you guys went up two touchdowns, all I can yeah, say I is knew it was over. We, we ain't built for this. We ain't built for this. We're well, the not second we went up, back the, se- the second we went up those two touchdowns, and it's nasty, it's sloshy, it's cold, it's rainy. And, Even without and- Derrick Henry, I knew that almost per drive, we're eating a couple minutes per drive, and not even scoring drives. Scoring drives are obviously going to be elongated. We're going to eat more time off the clock, but just two or three minutes here, there, get you guys a quick, quick three and out, punt the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that, that's a that's a win in my opinion. It, it played to our yeah, favor. That's good. That's just course. good D. Hey, bro, your your punter, your punter. Oh my god! You know, people don't talk about it enough. The special teams. I mean, again, we were starting drives inside the five. Felt like every time. Like you, I tell you what, sim- similar to Lou Headley, because he was one of the few bright spots Miami football had to look at this year. Uh, Brett Kern is is that in a sense for for the Titans, man. Yeah, you can you can easily win a football game on putting a team like Miami who who sputters offensively time to, time after time, a super inconsistent Tua, nasty cold weather, and I'm gonna back you up at your five eight out of eight out of twelve drives. Oh yeah, that that's mm-hmm. a recipe for a loss right there. We couldn't flip the field. Never did. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, again, yeah. you guys were constantly starting 30, 40, and we're starting at the ten. And, We're almost uh, starting in your in your territory most most drives. Yeah, because Chester yeah. Chester Rogers had some solid punt returns that game. Look, you soundly thumped us in all areas of the game. Your special teams outplayed us. Your defense outplayed us. Your offense outplayed us. Like anything, and and outcoached. Vrabel Vrabel ate 
fucking Flores's lunch. I mean, it just you had the game plan put together to find it, and you executed, man. Um, yeah, that's you know, from a Dolphin standpoint, I think we're right back at the drawing board. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember the game. I'm not sure if it was last year. It might have been the year before. <clears throat> uh, when Tennessee beat, beat uh, New England in Foxborough in, in the playoffs, I think it was. And yeah, one of the years you went nine and seven, and was that right, the year you all went to AFC Championship game? Yeah, and I, I I knew that I had total faith in Mike Grable when they were punting, and he was playing that delay of game, uh, game with Bill Belichick. You remember what I'm talking about? He was yeah, playing. He was playing that. that he was beautiful. playing that. He was playing that bend the rule book game with his predecessor or his his master in Bill Belichick. At that point right there, I, I knew that we had a Carmen copy mentally to an extent of, of what Bel, Bill Belichick is in New England. He's a Vrabel, Vrabel is super sneaky when it comes to playing the mental game. He I, As soon as I saw him do that against Vrabel in New England, I was like, man, we got us a bad head coach. Yeah, he game planned it well, and it's knowing your team and, and setting them up. So, um, you know, again, I, I've been very vocal about it. I think I even said it when we did the pre-show on this. Um, you know, but the behind and even lines, I, Ryan Tannehill to me is top notch. He's a first class guy off the field, just just a professional in what he does. Um, yeah. And and he took a little bit of a beating in Miami. I mean, it was more so. You know, they talk about Tua non and everybody going back and forth on Tua. There was like ninety percent hate on Tannehill. He took a beating. yeah. There was a and and I, I was going to say something. Even though I yeah, think he yeah. is overhated, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I think Tannehill when he didn't like, for example, you you all know when Tannehill's best year was 2016. That's when he had Jai. So the key for Tannehill is if you have a good running back. game around Tannehill, he's good. He's a, he, well, Miami, he's fine. Miami he, asked he's, him he's to do. Miami asked him to be this all-world athlete exactly before and, before and the Jai stupid. days. Bootlegs and 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 QB draws and and things that yes, yeah. athletically he probably fills that he he can fill that void. But this this guy's bread and butter is under center. Let me eat you up, play action. I'll take a shot every once in a while. But other than that, I want to have a good running back and I want to dink and dunk. That's ex- he's a game. He's 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 not a big time. He's not a big time winner when it comes to QB. He's a big time game manager. Yeah, in my that's, that's what I was gonna say. That, so, and that's what I think he was a game manager. I don't even know if he's that now. I, I've never in my life went from believing. Well, he's he's more than that now. Doing, you know, um, Tua just, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a big spot, man. That was just a big spot. And from the very beginning, you know, it wasn't even just the fumble, you know, that slipped straight out when he's trying to throw the ball. He was over top of people. He was missing people down. He wasn't going through any progressions. Horribly bad throws. Um, just... Yeah, it's just a mess. So, and, and, and um, honestly, to look at it, Jalen Waddle, I mean, only seven targets. I think he had three receptions on seven targets. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, the production, even, even to say, oh, he threw the ball to him 13 times, the, the, the opportunity for production wasn't even there for Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. No. And, uh, you know, it, it was just poor all the way around. So we got put in our place, as everybody said, we would get put in our place. That's about the only thing I got with it, Dale. What do you think, man? Any final thoughts on this? Pretty much. Um, if I'm going to be honest, I think I think a rebuild could be imminent. It depends what they do with Greer and Flores and Ross and all them. But it's 
it's kind of rough I, right I, now, really. I, I do think there's too much talent at skill positions to do a total rebuild. Yeah. But between I, between I, the two shot, huh? Go ahead. Between the two corners that you have, uh, Javon Holland, your D line, Jerome Baker really came on strong. You know, this past month or so, I, yeah. I think there there there's too much there's too much in play with those type of players to do, you know, like a depth chart rebuild. I do think there's some positions that probably need to be looked at under a microscope um, and maybe head coach down the road. Uh, but between Waddle, between Jasicki, the, the defensive stars that you guys have out there that have been doing a heck of a job the past month or so, uh, to, to use the term total rebuild, I think that's a bit of a stretch right now. Yeah. I think, I, I I think here's the deal. I think we live in a society that wants everything now and we're quick fix, yeah. right? I agree. Maybe, yeah. I mean, dude, this, this is Flores' third year. And out of that third year, he's going to be, you know, outside of the debacle in his first year when we knew we were trashing. He's going to have possibly a winning record or right at it, you know, two years in a row. Um, maybe, maybe we're rushing the rebuild, right? Maybe it's going to take a little bit longer. Um, maybe this is the plan, you know, and you put the pieces together and now you finally bring it all. That might include having to go out and get that franchise quarterback to make it happen. But there's going to be a few out there and we've got money and Miami's a great yes. place to live. <laughs> yes. So, yes. All right. Well, let's, let's wrap this thing up. I appreciate you guys coming out for the aftermath. One man happier than the other two. But uh, I think I, I look, we're, I'll be pulling for your Titans, man. I pick Me a too. team to go with when I'm in the playoffs. Why not? Let's ride RT17, a, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I live, I got, live in Tennessee. Y'all so. got, his, got history under center with, with Tennessee, so let's let's pull for Tennessee these playoffs. Right, and nobody wants the Patriots, and, and I'm kind of sick of the Chiefs, too. Like, I, I, I'm, you know. I'm tired of the I'm tired of the, the Jackson Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, little yeah. ego duo that those, those two have, man. I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. That's a so All right, folks. So I appreciate you joining us, Dell. You can go over and check out Dell Lowe at flteams.com, covering your Hurricanes, covering your Panthers, doing some Dolphins. You got some other things to plug in there, Dell? Uh, yeah. Um, thanks for a great season. Thanks for another rough year right, from, the, from a Dolphins fan side. And it was, it was good being on here. And so I got to say. All right, man. Go well, follow, we enjoyed by, it. By the way, go follow me on Twitter. It's the Dale Low zero three two four. It's where I. It's where I post. It's more. It's more of a Canes bias, but I do post some Dolphin stuff there. Beautiful. Check it out there, and then EJ. Of course, we know you're on the Instagram in your Hurricane that's world. <laughs> that's a, that's um, about it, man. IG for me. Hey, hey, I love it, man. Hopefully, you know, we'll see how it goes with FL teams and what we do. But I'd love to be able to talk some more football with you at some point this season, man. We'll try to make that happen. All right. Yeah. Playoff I, I previews. Appreciate you guys. Playoff previews. Why not? We ain't gonna have I'm anybody from, from from the state of Florida to talk about it, except maybe the Bucks. I, but you know, I'm good with it. All right. Well, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks again, and uh, good luck the rest of the season, buddy. Thank you.